Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Rob Dukes from Generation Kill, and you are listening to Mark Striegel and Talking Metal. Hey, this is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and Rob Dukes is in town. I ran into him last night at the Judas Priest show. Today, he is sitting in my living room. Rob, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you, buddy? I'm excellent. I saw, that uh, I think it was on Facebook or Twitter or something, you put one of your top shows ever last night. It was, it was fucking incredible. It, yeah. It really was. I mean, probably because I was in the photo pit the entire show, so I was standing like right there and could hear everything perfectly and it was um <clears throat> it was incredible um his voice was just i mean i was just blown away by by the whole, the entire show but rob's voice was was crazy yeah i was surprised at how strong it was yeah because you know, he's pushing 70 yeah he comes out he comes out with the cane and he's yeah. like you know and you, you think oh look he looks old as shit and then he's fucking all of a sudden he's not that guy at all it was you know when he was at one point, dude, he was standing right above us, screaming and um, beyond the realms of death. And his spittle was falling on me and Rob, and me and Machete, and it was like, "This is fucking awesome." But I'll tell you, I saw, I saw Priest on the Screaming for Vengeance tour with Iron Maiden, and I was at the at the Nassau Coliseum when there was the big riot broke out, and people were throwing M80s at the front row from the top. You know what I mean? They were fucking throwing M.A.s, and they were uh, some people got hurt, and like there was a big riot happened. There's no way that you would have had your seats like you were because right. I saw you were about ten feet away from me. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And uh, you know you were like in the third row, but you had actually a folding chair that was just not even bolted to the ground that was just sitting there. Right. Right. Yep. Like I remember that like when I saw them when I was a kid that never would have happened. That was yeah. just. Uh, but the last night's show, maybe it's because I'm older or whatever, but I was just, you know, I had no one near me, no no security, no nothing. I was just standing there, and um, and uh, it was just an incredible show. It was, yeah. He, he was so powerful. And when he, what was the song at the end that he did when he got on his knees? Was it, uh, was it Screaming for Vengeance? Um, I... Oh no, painkiller! Yeah, painkiller! Are you fucking kidding me? You're gonna close with painkiller? Yeah. After all that shit, I mean, he did. I was stoked they did victim early, like yeah. the third song empty. That was fucking just. Well, when they did victim, I was like, oh, he's probably doing this early because it's you know it's for hard his voice. to say. But but then, like you said, he he came screaming for vengeance and painkiller. Painkiller was the second to the last song yeah. he did. Yeah. So we were back. I went and talked to him after the show. Yeah. And and I said to him, I was like, dude, that was a really great show. I said, Beyond the Realms of, of Death was phenomenal. Like that was. He goes, dude, that song is so fucking hard to sing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't do it earlier. He goes, ah, you know. It is what it is. Right. It, yeah, you mentioned the cane, too. He came out with the cane. Yeah. And 
it was in a way reminded me of that scene in Willy Wonka, you know, where he comes out with a cane. You're like, oh, who is this little guy? And then he does a somersault. Yeah, you know, yeah it's totally. Like, yeah. It's exactly what it, it, yeah. it was, man. It was fucking awesome. And then, you know, what's funny is me and Machete. So uh, I, I was actually a guest of Rob's. And uh, so we were backstage and me and Machete were talking to him. And I, and I was like, oh, by the way, I have a copy of the G Kill CD. And he snatched it out of my hand. He goes, ooh, I love new music. I can't wait to listen to this. And it was fucking... So, yeah, it was killer. It was a great fucking night. Saw some old friends. Saw my friend Bubs, Darren, the tech for Macedon, and so John Goss, uh, old Exodus tech, and, and um, yeah, man, it was fucking cool. We had a good time. Saw Norm Costa, the old drum tech for Dave Lombardo. You know, I got to talk to him for a minute, and uh, saw some, uh, the early man guitar player. Who I, I ran into him, and, and a, another guy, that uh, an artist friend of mine, so... There was Sean I ran into. So it was killer. It was just a cool night. Ran into you and your wife, which was awesome. You know, I knew you were there. I knew you were going to be there. So I waited until it texted you because I, you know, we were, we got there a little, we got there right as Mastodon was going on. You were originally supposed to be in town this weekend for a gig, uh, which got either postponed or canceled. Because Thank fuck it, it got canceled because yeah. then I wouldn't have been able to go to fucking Judas Priest last right. night. Yeah, so right. I so what is the new rescheduled date? The 28th of November at Dingbats. Okay. Uh, it's a Saturday night. I'm going to fly back. I'll come back for that and I'll fly in, uh, f- you know, Friday and, and um, you know, do the show Saturday night and then fly home Sunday. Excellent. That's know? Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey, guys. Yeah, on, man. On the 28th. Thanks. Giving weekend. Yeah, it's so, Saturday after yeah, Thanksgiving. To that. You know, Daryl's going to come up and we're going to play like, you know, like eight or nine songs with Daryl. We're going to play, you know, a few off the record that we were doing. We're going to do a couple uh, of tracks off our new record that's going to come out in the spring with him. And then uh, we'll play some of our own set, you know, and then we're going to play some, some really heavy versions of uh, his old shit. So it's going to be fucking awesome. Cool. You know? Cool. So, Let's, uh, I guess, let's also talk about the, uh, you said you handed Rob Halford a, a, a CD of, yeah. of new material? No. no. Uh, oh, the, the, that was, okay. We're oh, all going to okay. die. I okay. handed him, I we're you. all going to die. I got you. Okay. Cool. You know. Um, cool. And I talked to, Darryl, see, I wanted Daryl to go with us last night, but he had to like, he had a, like a last minute thing. He couldn't make it. So, um, you know, I, I just figured I'd, I'd give him that because it's. It's done, and the, you know the stuff. Daryl isn't mixed or mastered or anything done. It's just, you know it's all just you know they're still very raw tracks, you know. Um, so I just didn't want to give him something that's unfinished, right? And how how far away are you guys from being finished with it? You're saying we the have, spring? We have you know we have two songs that are like ninety uh, percent done. I gotta I'm gonna go do the vocals in Arizona and then fly them into Bumble, um, and then Daryl will do his part here. And then once we get a really a finalized like demo, then I'll come out here and I'll actually do the vocals with Daryl and, and Bumble at the same time. You know, um, it's kind of like weird because I live in Arizona and not New York and the band's here in New York. So I got to fly back and forth. But what I do do is they send me, tr- I do do, <laughs> they send me tracks and, um, and I have a, my, uh, my friend Mike from Flotsam and Jetsam, he lets me in, he use his studio. So I go in and I do vocals with him. We get like a demo version. We get, so we kind of know what all the, uh, you know, what we're going to do. And then we work out and change whatever we're going to change. Or, you know, Daryl, you sing here. I'm going to sing here and blah, 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 you know, that kind of. And then, and then when we do get all that together, then I fly out. We go to Bumble Studio in, in South Jersey and um, walk into a studio and I just, fucking lay down the tracks and so i get to sit with it for weeks at a time and we get to kind of work out and like the music part i came here um and we just sit in the studio and we kind of write the music part and we kind of get it all together and kind of get a semblance of it so it's like a skeleton right and then once it's the music part is kind of like skeletonized the band will keep rehearsing and rehearsing and they'll add little bridges and intros and outros and solo sections and all that. And, and then once we get all that together, then I start writing the lyrics and the melodies and I, I start working with it. And, and, um, and that's how the process has been. And it's, which is, you know, awesome. Cause normally, you know, we wouldn't, uh, you know, well, I guess, you know, it's kind of cool that we get to play them live before they're recorded, which is, right. you know, which is awesome. 
it's how they did it in the 70s you know you're actually playing songs a bunch of times and you're getting to take out the shitty part or change something that doesn't work or you know because you know your first idea isn't always the best sometimes it is but sometimes you got to work on it and make it better so absolutely and and just to really break things down and, and simplify what we're talking about we are talking with rob dukes former singer of Exodus. Yep. You have a band, Generation Kill. You've put out two great records already. You're working on a third record, and Daryl McDaniels, DMC, from Run DMC, is is heavily involved in this new record, right? Is he on every song? And Well, this, this... I'll, I'll explain it this way. Okay. He, um, he approached us to... to he, we, I met him at my very last Exodus performance um, at a festival in, in Ohio. Met him at the catering, said, walked up to him, said, hey, man, you know, cool meeting you. You're awesome. Right. And then I walked away. I ran into him at the airport the next morning, and I gave him a copy of the Generation Kill CD, We're All Gonna Die. Okay. He contacted me about a week later and said, dude, this fucking album is great. And there's, wow. a, there's a couple songs that are awesome. Let's write a song together. And I said, okay, cool. So we wrote Lot Lizard. That was the song that we uh, wrote together. That's the first thing we did. That led to an entire album, um, which then the process started. Okay, so what do we want to do? So, I mean, to be honest, we were like, okay, like how are we going to incorporate, you know, kind of like hip hop into the shit we're doing? Yeah. You know, how do we, how do we not cross that horrible bridge and become the last nail in the coffin of death of a rap metal? You right. know, and I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You yeah. know, and um, but you know. The kind of thing that, you know, I think Generation Kill is more of a rock band than a straight-up metal band. I mean, we're metal, but yeah. we're we're kind of classically metal, but with a rock kind of groove to it, too, also. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> we really started saying, well, maybe we, we should just write some some dumbed-down four-time, you know, beats with, you know, boom, you know. And <clears throat> we started doing that, and then... And then uh, me and Machete had a conversation. I was like, you know, I think uh, at first, you know, I agreed with him. Hey, let's just, just, you know, let's do some dumbed down shit. And then I was like, maybe we should do some complicated, you know, just do what we do and we'll incorporate him into our world. And after Lot Lizard was done, I said, yeah, there's no reason to dumb the shit down. Let's just do what we do and we'll figure it out. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, so we, uh, we were writing separate records. We were writing a Generation Kill record and a record with Daryl at the same time. And then we decided to, fuck it, let's put our album on the back burner and just give him the best material we had. Because we had separate, so we had, well, this song is cool, but it's not really, a you know, going to work with Daryl. Or this song's a little too heavy, it's not going to really work with Daryl. So we, we, we were like, ah, and then we abandoned all that. We said, fuck it, let's just write the best, shit we're writing and put them in it and if it works it works and if it doesn't then we won't do it it just happened to work out so we just started writing songs and we have um i think we have six songs now seven seven songs now we have three more in the making and one cover so we're going to do 10 songs and a cover and um and then we actually have a couple songs that are just straight up Generation Kill songs that we started now that the album's coming to a close and we kind of have a coming to an end. Uh, when we're done with it, we started writing stuff that's just straight up Generation Kill uh, music. I, that's why I came here this weekend. Right. I came here. I, I did the uh, uh, Jimmy, um, Jimmy and um, Opie show. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah I went. To, uh, so I did that show, and then um, I was like, I, I was going to fly in for the show on Saturday, but it got canceled. I'm like, well, I'll just keep, I already have the appearance booked at Opie and Jimmy. So I didn't want to cancel that. So I was like, you know what? I'll just come out here and we'll go to the studio and we'll write. And that's what we did. We woke up, uh, I've been staying with Rob and we've been working on, you know, new G kill music and new Daryl stuff. So it's all been very productive weekend, you know, plus, uh, at the last minute I got VI, you know, my friend contacted, uh, Mr. Halford and said, Hey man, Rob Dukes was in town and would love to come see. He's like, absolutely. And he, we walked in VIP, the whole fucking deal, dude. It was awesome. awesome. It was killer. So as far as the new record, you said probably the spring we're looking at. I think we'll be, I think it'd be like May or June 
uh, release. Uh, and uh, and will this be titled, or maybe it's too early to say, but will it be titled Generation Kill and Daryl McDaniels or and DMC, or is it just I, a Generation I think Kill it'll thing? Be, or, I, I think it, at this point it's DMC, Generation Kill. That's okay. all that we have. It's a, it might be DMC and Generation Kill. Like, right. I think it would be stupid of us to come up with some weird name that no one knows and try to, you know, start like from scratch. I think right, yeah. the the smart play would be, oh, we already have two bands that are already established. Yeah. Let's just, you know what I mean? Let's just call it that. I mean, it's kind of a dumb name. And But if I were to like, you know, we, we were to come out, you know, like he likes call, he wanted to call the album The Dark Project because all the songs are really dark and kind of doomy and gloomy. And mm-hmm. and um, I'm like, yeah. And and you're black too, so that kind of makes it even better, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, but I don't know if if we called the band that, that would be kind of stupid, right? You know. So you know, um, I think uh, we're just going to keep it DMC w- with Generation Kill, and and you know, it just seems to be simple. Right on. So before before we get into some other topics, let's just recap Generation Kill. Obviously, Rob Dukes on vocals. You have. Rob Machete doing the bass and a lot of production and stuff. Who else is involved? You mentioned okay. Bumblefoot. So is... Bumblefoot is the producer. He's okay. producing the record, um, and he's also engineering it. So it's like, you know, at this point, I mean, the just the demos sound fucking amazing. Right. So I can't imagine what it's going to sound like when it's done. He's also played some leads for us, which are just, dude, I mean, it's like having fucking, you know, fucking Buckethead on your album. He's right. so yeah. fucking good. Yeah. It's crazy how good guitar player he is. You know, Absolutely. like John Five, him and Buckethead are just in a whole category by themselves. I, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, um, I'm i blown away by his stuff. Um, Jason Velez and Jason Trenzer, same guitarist from uh, We're All Gonna Die album. Um, you know, still writing and, and doing the bulk of the, of the, you know, work as far as giving us a bunch of ideas. Then we get to formulate songs from their little riffs that they have. And then we got a new drummer, Rob Ewells. And... Uh, Who's a big Hulk-looking yeah. meathead thing? You know what I mean. He looks like the Hulk. So three Robs and two Jasons. Three Robs and two Jays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and where did you find Rob, the the drummer? Um, I found him through Machete. Uh, he had played with Machete in another band, and uh, they kind of were friends for a long time. And he's just a good dude. He's one. Of, he's like you know, like me. He doesn't do drugs anymore. Right. He doesn't drink anymore. He's a you know, fucking total meathead gym rat, fucking monster. Yeah. You know what I mean. Dude, we, I watched him eat a whole fucking pizza yesterday by oh. himself. But he is—he's such a good fucking drummer because he—he yeah. plays with—he plays exactly what the song needs, but he adds so much to. He's like—he's good at like the percussion part, and he's great cymbal work, and doesn't overplay. You know, just plays exactly what's you know. He's—he's he's like a team player. I'm here for the for the band to play what's best for the song because at. You know that's the whole concept of this band, is the song comes first. I don't. There's no. We don't care about your ego. We don't care about your fucking agenda, or where you what tour you want to go on. It has not. It, we just want to write songs together. That's it. If nothing happens with them, nothing. If if this if I do this DMC Generation Kill record and all I get out of it is a CD that I can play in my car that for myself, then I'm I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? Like if if anything else happens beyond that, that's a fucking blessing and a gift. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is not uh this is I'm not doing this for anything other than that. You know. Now, now I got the privilege of hearing Underneath the Skin, uh, a new song which I think sounds in- incredible. Can you talk a little bit about the lyrics in that song and and what what that's what yeah. that's about? I found some of them kind of caught my uh, ear. We started right. It's about it's about racism basically, and and um, the plight of the of the of the uh, black you know the black man in 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 America coming up from the '60s into now and how things have changed. But I sing from the like the, the half of the song. I'm singing the first part of the song is like a generalization of racism, and Daryl is kind of like talking about how. His from what it was from his perspective, right? Then the second part of the song, I'm singing from uh, the ver- the the view of a, a racist white shitbag. Yeah, you know what I mean, like a, just an old shitty white racist. Like, oh, I don't know, not necessarily from the south, but I, I had like in my head that's kind of what I, right? You know, Confederate flag, you know, yeah. you know, and I sing it from that point of view. And then the third part of the song, I'm singing it from. uh 
it's a it's uh it's kind of like a, a basically a, a he's a soldier in a war his the the racist son uh gets uh, hurt in a war and the only blood that he could save is is um from a black soldier that and then and he has to live with that yeah and he's like my do you want to live with that and it's it's kind of like a three-parter like little thing but <clears throat> it's just a generalization of 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 that and it was cool to work with daryl and and talk about it openly and talk about it in that sense you know because it was just uh it was an interesting concept to write from you now know? you have lot lizard which is one of the new songs already yeah. for sale up on itunes yeah you purchase that do you that think truck stop hooker yeah yeah a great song great song <laughs> which which we'll play a little bit of in in a few minutes here but uh, any chance that you'd release any of these other songs, uh, like Underneath the Skin, to iTunes as a as an individual single before the record comes out, or, or... I don't know. I, okay. I think uh, we played Underneath the Skin on Opie and Jimmy the other day, and and so you know, I, I you know the the record business is so fucking crazy right now. I mean, I'm not really sure that any of that even matters anymore. Okay, because once you know what, like like if if I were to give you Underneath the Skin and you were to play it right now. I mean, the possibility is that someone could tape it and then take it and then copy it and then put it out in the world and and I, it would be done. I, I mean, what would? Why would someone buy that after they got it? You know what I mean? Yeah. At a push of a button and right. So the world is changing in that sense that I, you know, I don't really think it, you should hold them so close to the chest now. You know what I mean? You gotta, yeah. So I don't know what we're gonna do. I know that maybe we might put out another song in, in, in between now and May as a teaser and say, hey, here's another track and right. it's completely different from the other one. So. We have this other song that's like fucking uber heavy, like, like not heavy like Slayer heavy, but like I don't know, like Faith No More heavy. It's oh, cool. just, just, it's just insane. It's <laughs> the music yeah. is insane, the the vocals are insane. So I think that that um, would be something that we could do because it's the other end of the spectrum from where we are with Lot Lizard, which is really just a cool, vibey song. It's just, yeah. you know, just just a cool song. Now, how have how have you felt that the the metal community has reacted to the news of Generation Kill and Rob Dukes, formerly of Exodus, working with DMC Daryl McDaniels of Run DMC fame? Has has it been a, a positive reaction? I'm you know, and I'm I'm baiting you a little bit because I have read comments on Blabbermouth and stuff. Some positive, not some not so positive. How do you feel? I mean, as far as the comments on Bottom Mouth, you know, it's just I, I don't I, I stop reading them. I did for a while and then I stopped because it just it didn't serve any purpose. I mean, really, I mean, where are these people? What what are their credentials? What are, what does their opinion really matter? It's just an, it's like watching, you know, an opinion based news program. It's just like, you know. All right. Here's how I can explain it. I don't like olives. Like, I fucking hate every olive made black, green, the ones with the red things inside. I don't like olives. I don't go on olive websites and shit talk and bash people because they like olives. I don't, you know what I mean? I just don't care. You know, olives aren't for me, so I could give a fuck, you know? Um, I don't ever have the time to go into a forum and talk shit with people. I go in car forums that were hot rod stuff, and I, I learn stuff from it. I don't ever go in there and, oh, you're a fucking shitbag. Oh, you work on Fords? Oh, you're a dick, you know? I just, I'm not that guy, so... But people are, and people. I guess people have. That's what they want to do. But I don't take the opinion based of of um, uh, dingle fuck douchebag from fucking Ohio leaving a comment on a page about something that I've done. When ninety nine point nine percent of the people leaving those comments and opinions have never met me and know nothing about me, all they know is what they've read or what they what rumor they've heard or what they perceive to be the truth. Um, yeah, that's how I look at it. You've never met me. You don't know me. Right. You don't know me and my friends. You don't know. You've never been in a room with me. You never sat down and have a conversation with me. And I can base that on because the people that do care about me and my friends and shit, they're not going on blabbermouth and, well, I met Dukes and, you know, fuck him, yeah. that douchebag. You know what I mean? They don't, you know, I'm sure they could. Um, now you got a big blabbermouth headline or your appearance did on the, the Opie and Jim show the other day. Uh, let's, let's talk about first about your appearance on, on, on the show. Uh, yeah. how, how did that all come about? And, uh, were you happy with the, uh, the appearance? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, uh, I'm friends with Jim Norton. 
Um, been friends with him for a long time. Um, we had a mutual friend, Otto, Otto and George. Otto was a, a really good friend of mine for, you know, a long time. And so Jim and I, um, I just saw him in, in Arizona recently and when he was performing. And we just talk now and again. And, you know, I mean, <clears throat> he's one of those guys that I, I that you know, um, I don't do drugs or drink anymore. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And Jim is too. So every once in a while I call him up and we talk about, how do you how do you live this life without drinking? How do, sometimes things happen, and you just you know I have, you know. So he's one of those guys I reach out to again and now and again, and and so we've we've made friends. So through that, um, I was able to, uh, you know, he was like, hey man, I know you're working with Daryl. We actually got I, I actually called Jim and said, hey man, if you want to get Daryl on the show, I can call him and ask him to be on the. And so he went on the show, and they were fucking stoked. So. Um, they liked the band, they liked Generation Kill, they liked the music, um, so they were like, hey man, whenever, whenever you're doing something, come on in. So I called and said, hey Jim, I'm going to be in New York. He's like, oh, we'll schedule in. So that's how that came about. Right. Just to, you know, because I, and I've been on the show before. Oh, have you? Okay. Um, I've been on a couple times. I, Otto used to bring me there when Otto would go. Um, Otto didn't drive, so I would uh, go pick him up and bring him into the city and, and take him to the show and walk around the city afterward. Anyway, um... Otto passed away uh, 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 a couple of years ago, and you know, really good guy, you know, stand-up comedian, ventriloquist with a with a puppet. It was really dirty, and and uh, he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. He was a comedian's comedian. I mean, you know, he was just he was that good. And um, but uh, anyway, so I went on the show. I thought it was funny that you know they had me follow fucking uh, who the. F- uh, Elvis Costello. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I wanted to walk in and go, really? You have fuckers have me come in after Elvis Costello? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you couldn't have me come in first and then, (laughs) you know, and then they asked me, you Elvis Costello fan? And I was like, "Eh, not really. You know, I mean, not my thing. So, you know, Bruce Springsteen's not my thing. It's just, I just never listened to it. So it was kind of funny. They put me on the spot. And then they, they, they did ask me some Exodus questions. And I, I think I, I, I told the truth. I was completely honest. And then it was funny that Blattermouth took it out of context and didn't actually put what i said on there they they took pieces of it and took out the, the stuff the, in between yeah. the in between yeah. pieces that made that made it make sense you know and just put the shitty stuff yeah. um i didn't get personal I, i'm not going to get personal about it i'm not going to talk shit about the band personally the situation and how it ended was really shitty sure. and my friendships with all them ended really shitty when it was basically business you know what i mean i i get it but uh, the fans don't see it that way. They're too attached to it. They love it. And, you know, the fact that I said that I th- I didn't read any of the comments. My friend hit me up. He's like, dude, like, you're getting fucking trash. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, don't even read I'm like, I'm not reading it. I don't give a shit. But he, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, they took it completely out of context and, you know, wrote it. And, and you know, honestly, I just stopped going. I, I don't even go there anymore. I, I'm not in metal anymore. I'm not. I'm doing. I'm just being a guy. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't have. You know, I have a regular job now. I work like 60 hours a fucking week. I don't fucking go and sit at a computer on a tour bus anymore. I just don't, I don't do it. I don't, I'm not that guy anymore, you know. So it's, you know, and I don't care. Like, I don't owe those people anything. They don't owe me anything. They don't give me anything, and I don't expect anything from them. They're not a part of my existence, you know. I don't, I don't do what I do for... Um, for them I, I do it for myself and if anything com- comes of it other than that then i'm cool with that right but if it doesn't i'm cool with that too you know are you able to look back now despite the kind of sour painful ending and look back on the work that you did with exodus and say you know we did some really good records together yeah man i mean look I, everything ends bad like when things end they end yeah. bad you yeah. know what i mean nobody gets a divorce because they're fucking happy you know what i mean divorces right. are they're all bad you know, um, and I get that. I mean, um, but I think basically what left me so what so sour is that, you know, I was in this situation where I thought these guys were my brothers, my friends, and they were family, and they were they were, you know, I, I I'd eaten at their homes and I had met their parents, and we were all like very close, and it was just this thing, and to have it end the way it did just left me really angry, and just the fact that. That that's that they're gone. It just makes me mad. It makes right. me mad that you couldn't just, hey man, you know, it just it just it makes it just you know, 
you know, anger's always the reaction, but it's really downside. You're hurt. Is right. more yeah, sure. So it's it's shitty. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and it sucks. I I miss my friendships that I had, and I've lost a, a lot of friendships along the way because of it. Yeah. You know, um, because people, you know, a lot of people are like hanger-ons. Mm-hmm. They're that's what that's what bands call these people. They're called hanger-ons because they they're only friends with you for what you can give them. Yeah. And when I was no longer the Sing of Exodus, a lot of people fucking tipped away because now they're like, well, if I stay friends at Rob, I'm Gary Holt's not going to let me fucking yeah. into the Slayer show. You know what I mean? So right, like right, there's right. a divide and it's like a, a, of the children and divide of the of the family and the friends. So it was uh, it was kind of um, that's the honesty of it. Right. You know, there's it's nothing personal. I know that this was a business decision. This wasn't, yeah. you know. Uh, because I was there, yeah, yeah, and the people that are making comments, they weren't there. They're not. They were never a part of this situation. Right. They're commenting on something that they're only getting. Uh, it would be like it would be like it would be like making a complete decision, but you only have you know a, a third of the facts, and mm-hmm. then you're going to base all your decisions based on that. But you don't have all the information. You only have a third of it, right? Or you know what I mean? So. You know, there are a lot of factors. And look, I'm not the fucking easiest guy in the world to get along with. I'm, I'm, um, but at least for, at least I'm honest about it. At least I'm, yeah. I'm a dick to your, you know, for the right reasons. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I never, I never rolled over. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, if I didn't like something, I fucking said it. Like right. when, like when we were on tour with Testament and Testament was going to give us two feet of stage room. And I fucking walked in. And I tapped on the bus, and Testament wouldn't answer the door because I'm like, "Fuck you! You are fucking moving your drums. You are not putting us in this fucking situation." And I went in. And I fucking me and the drum tech got in this big fucking argument. And I'm like, "Fuck you, man! Move those fucking drums!" And then the fucking tour manager from Megadeth came out and said, "Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Move the fucking drums!" Right. Well, You're not gonna treat Exodus like this. You're the yeah. fucking middle band. You're not the fucking headliner. Right. And I walk back on the bus, and everyone get you know Gary and Tom, dude, you're the best. I'm like, no, dude, I'm just, this is what we deserve, you know what I mean? And I fucking knew what the fuck who I was, and, I, and so the opinion of somebody on on Blabbermouth is not going to deter me from being me. It's right. not going to change the way I am, and you know, I mean, you know, so does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I guess my my wheels are just spinning. That you know, yeah. you mentioned Testament, and then of course. Chuck Billy kind of yeah. going on to yeah. these, uh, y- yeah. do you think that incident could have... Here we go. <laughs> they really thought, I think they thought that they could get that that era from the 80s. They wanted to do this retro album, and they thought that they could get that glory days from the 80s back if they, because, you know, they that's was that was the idea, and I couldn't do that. I mean, how can you tell me that the song Sun Is My Destroyer, you're going to tell me that like, like okay, the Sun is my destroyer is one of I think one of the best songs that I ever did with Exodus. It's a vicious fucking right. song, but that's not the mar- that's the watermark for trying to do something better, not for doing something that's mediocre or less than. Yeah. Which I thought was that's everything that was written after that. I think yeah. the whole new album was just slapped together and mediocre, and they it, they didn't really give a fuck. You know, it was like hurry up and get it done. You know, and. It it wasn't passionate at all, and that's we're probably going to end up on the, you know, yeah. Like I said, this isn't personal. This was my point of view. You're the I, I was, you know, I was just trying to be better. You know what I mean? Right. right Challenge right. me. Let's do something better than the sun is my destroyer. Not write something that's just eh. Right. And that's how I felt about it. Now, if other people think I'm wrong. That's okay. That's their opinion. This is this was this is my opinion of how I saw things, you know. So now you mentioned working a day job. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you do for sixty hours a week? I restore. I restore old uh, hot rods, man. I make. I restore old Volkswagens, and I work on. Um, I work on uh, uh, like a lot of off-road dune buggies oh, and, cool. and, and class five, uh, you know, in, in big time, you know, dirt buggy stuff. It's you know, sometimes Subaru powered, sometimes Chevy powered. Um, but you know, very off, extreme off-road desert, you know, Baja 1000 kind of vehicles. I also work on, um, like anywhere I, right now I've restored, uh, a 67, 
beetle, which was a frame off restoration, and uh, to I restored a '56 um, oval window Volkswagen. I'm doing another one now, like a '71 for a woman's, you know. So um, I work on that stuff day to day. I, I work on other things. I work on buses and stuff. So, um, but for the, I, I, you know, I work at a shop, and then I have my own cars. I have my own Class Five Baja 1000 Volkswagen that I'm building. Uh, it's a '70 Volkswagen. I also have cool. a 62 Chevy truck with a LS1 Corvette motor in it that I've put airbags in it and chopped it and channeled it and dropped it on the ground and nice. fucking So I'm just doing cool hot rod stuff. Then I, I always kind of did it. I just didn't have the time when I was touring a lot to yeah. to do it. So now that I have uh time I went and got a job at a really awesome shop in Phoenix called Doug's Bugs which is Doug's uh, Bugs. So yeah man, we just we do Volkswagens and off-road and stuff. It's cool. killer. Cool. Yeah, sounds, yeah and that's where I work. I work, uh, you know, I'm a regular, just I'm a fucking mechanic, right? You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe all the people from Blabbermouth should come to my job, and then they can comment on how shitty of a mechanic I am, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> since they seem to know so much about yeah. it, you know, everything. Yeah. So I know you're a, a, a big Star Wars fan. We're about a month out here from from episode. You got your tickets yet? Seven. Yes. Yeah. We're going Thursday night. Yeah. Um, and, I'm going Thursday night and Friday yeah. morning. I took off work Friday. Oh, very good. <laughs> I'm gonna go the next morning and afternoon. I'll probably see it like three or four times in the first. I'm going Thursday night and then Friday. I'll probably see it a few times. Nice. Yeah. So we, we we've got three official trailers and then this. One that we didn't see coming, this international trailer, Asian trailer. I only watched hit. the first one, and then yeah. I, when, when hand, you know, I, I stopped at that. I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't want to see anymore. Yeah. I, got, I actually, dude, I, I'm not afraid to say it, but I teared up. Yeah. When hand came into the screen, him and yeah. Chewie, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Like this, I know that J.J. Abrams is not going to fuck this up. Yeah. And I, I just, I was like, I couldn't, I was like, oh, this is going to be so fucking good. You know, so, you and- know. And, you know, they've discarded, which we've spoken about this before, but they've discarded the expanded universe. Uh, and uh, now they are basically rewriting, or or when I say they, I'm, I guess I'm talking about the Disney-led version of, of, of Star Wars, the 30 years between Jedi Episode Six and what's about to hit Episode Seven. Have you paid any attention to any of this? The comics. There's a, a, a novel now out called yeah. Aftermath. No, uh, no. I've stayed away from it all because I want it to be. I've read so much of the after stuff, you know, and before I've read so many of the books that right. I've just decided to let this one just be what it is. So I, it's kind of like, like I haven't watched. I watched the original trailer for Hateful Eight, and then I'm not yeah. going to watch anymore because there's. I just don't. I want. I just want to be surprised. I want it to be like a first time. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I had to watch the first trailer because you know, I, you know, like like most Star Wars fans, I'm completely obsessed. But I also have this sense of control where I'm like, okay, I know that I'm gonna. I I don't want to see anymore. Right. You know. Okay. Fair enough. Well, then we yeah. won't go into talking about the, the frame by frame <laughs> dissection of the. Yeah, trailers. I didn't. I don't. Uh, yeah, I didn't really. You know, I I, I have a feeling Luke's the bad guy because that's kind of how it was supposed to go in the original stories anyway, where his kids were going to save him. And I hopefully, I mean, I mean, if it goes that way, cool. But like I said, I don't know. Yeah, I just know that that was the original plan was Luke was going to become bad like Darth, and then and then you know, and then his kids were going to have to come save him. So you know, whatever. So. If that happens, cool. But I did hear from somebody on the inside right. that they were going to do an offshoot and Abrams was going to produce it, not direct it, but produce it, but it was just going to be the story of Boba Fett after he leaves um, the pit. Right. right. Which would be badass. Because those books were great. Yeah. A little if, too... If, but it's... it's is I think it's... At this point, is it questionable whether... Boba Fett actually left the pit, being that D- Disney has discarded everything we believed was fact from the expanded yeah. universe. Well, I mean, whatever, man. I yeah. mean, like you know, they you know, I hope they don't Rupert Murdoch the shit out of this. You know right. what I mean? I hope that they don't ruin it, but I don't. I can't see um, Abrams letting it go that way. And I think the I forget the woman's name, the producer. What's the woman's Catherine Kennedy? Cat- I can't see her being a shitbag. I think she, they, you know, they realize that this is not like a kids' movie, that this is an expanded world. That you know, like little kids are smarter than they were when, 
you know, th- hopefully they don't turn it into episode one where it's right. You know, I don't think they're gonna, but they could. I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we're going back and watching all six episodes now. We right. just we we finished th- three. Uh, you know, episode one was really bad. I, I think episode two got good, and and episode <laughs> three is really killer. is great. It's, it's killer. Really Heads good. are chopped off, yeah. hands. It's killer. Yeah. Yeah. Little kids are getting killed. It's fucking yeah. great, man. But you know, um, the first one was. You know, my buddy has a copy with all the love scenes taken out. Oh, okay. and it's great. Yeah, it's all, oh, dude. It's great. You yeah, know? there is a there is a few th- ones floating around. I had uh, before my <laughs> hard drive died. This like three hour. Uh, fan cut of the of the first yeah that's movies. what i'm talking about yeah, yeah there's yeah, a fan yeah, yeah. they took yeah. all the love scenes out so no like, jar jar no yeah. jar jar and he's yeah. well he, he's in it a minute because he has to introduce you know he i mean he's their whole he was the whole balance of the whole thing right yeah if he didn't go eat that little thing off the thing and hit the guy in the face he wouldn't be in the race and challenge and the right. bets and right like he had to be in it for a second right you know that's what I mean? true. yeah i mean it could have been anybody but they made that fucking guy but you know, look, Lucas had kids. He had little kids. Right. I mean, uh, my friend, my friend, my friend Craig Safola. He's he does a lot of the video stuff for us, and he did the, the Exodus DVD with me. And he is he has the sickest, funniest sense of humor that I know. He was one of those guys. Me, him, and Otto used to go and just, dude. We were we were we were in a club one time, and Otto was like uh, the governor of New Jersey was there. The guy, it was. Uh, who is the woman one? The uh, woman governor. Christy Todd Whitman. Okay, so yeah. Christy Todd Whitman was the governor of New... She, she was governor, and he was running to out her. Oh, okay. It was this guy. I forget his name. But, he, but Otto starts making fun of Christy Todd Whitman, and the camera went to this guy running for governor because we were videotaping Otto. Yeah. They, they're... Their their bodyguards actually came over and took the film from oh, us wow. because he was laughing at what he was saying and he was like oh and they had to leave it was like this crazy scenario but that's but Craig used to have Craig has this great sense of humor he has three children when he had his first kid within two years he was not as funny as he used to be right okay. You know what I mean? Like he 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 originally like and, and and I can't wait for him to hear this. He would have loved Transformers had he not been a father. Right. But the masturbation scene when they when the mother walks in and the and the kid, are you jerking off? Are you masturbating? That he was with his kid and it fucking ruined the whole movie for him. Oh man. Right. But that Transformers was fucking great. Yeah. That was a great movie. Right. You know, and but Fuck him. He he fucking knows. I love him to death. He was best man at my wedding. He's a fucking awesome guy, but he is his sense of humor. I mean, I can't stand the movies that he likes anymore. Right. Every <laughs> once in a while, he'd throw me a good one. He threw me he threw me Tusk. That was a good one. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Cool. Well, again, looking forward to new a new CD by DMC, Daryl McDaniels, and Generation Kill coming out this spring or, or early summer, it sounds like. Yeah, how, how is Daryl doing? He's awesome, man. Yeah. He, you know, he... Uh, he uh, he does, you know. He went out to Toronto with. Uh, he took Machete and Velez, and they played a, a show up there in Toronto. And oh, and, cool! Uh, I didn't and it was cool, man. They, you know, he, he, you know, I talked to him. I've talked to him once a week or so. And we just kind of stay in touch. And he travels a lot, dude. He has a lot of comic cons, and his his comic book thing is really cool. And you know, so he gets to travel and do shit. And um, you know, I it, it's uh, working with him has been. I mean, dude, it's fucking awesome. I right. Mean, he's in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and yeah. you know he. Uh, you know, um, he's just, you know, he's just a regular guy, man. He's just like one of us, man. He just wants to write some cool songs. And if they're cool, they're cool. And if they do stuff and they, they work out, then great. But if they don't, at least they're cool songs and we can listen to them. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, we want to go do some shows. We're, we're trying to plan out to go and play some shows together and, and do, which would be cool as shit. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where it's at. And it's just a, just a, what an amazing guy. He's just an amazing Gotta be around. He, he, you know, makes you feel good all the time. He's just like the nicest guy in the fucking world. So, um, and Generation Kill is is stoked that he picked us to to play with us because I mean, I mean, who the fuck are we? We're just some fucking idiots from fucking <laughs> Rockland County, New York. You know what I mean? And he he sought us out and and picked us out and like and then started working with us. And it's been like this exchange of ideas that's been killer. And it's. Uh, like you've heard it. It's yeah. not just another shit 
rap metal thing. Do you, I mean, be honest. Do you, do you think that it is? Do you no. think it's? No, I, I'm digging it. I really okay. like what I'm Yeah, hearing. I don't yeah. think it is either. I think yeah. it's something like, ah, this is fucking, yeah. this definitely. is weird and cool. It's definitely. It's going someplace new, it feels like. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not like something. I don't, I can't say it's never been done, but it's also like, it's just new and cool. It's it's not like a a thing. And their dog. So in the interview, I just want everybody to know their dog is like playing with everyone, and yeah, and it's it's not distracting at all. But it seems to be distracting for me and Mark. But yeah. it's not. It's yeah. actually kind of funny. So, yeah. Um, What's your dog's name again? Yeah, Ozzy. Ozzy. Yeah. I have a dog named Ozzy. A big, yeah. beautiful, uh, golden lab. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I was so we we mentioned earlier about you know the metal community accepting uh, Daryl uh, or not accepting him. You know they and, won't. Yeah, but what about the the hip hop and rap? Community they won't like us. Like accepting like you we're, guys. In a, we're 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 in a like a bind here because like the thrash metal metal community is not going to like what we're doing. Right, and neither is the hip hop community. They're not going to like it either. Yeah, that's why it's like 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 like. That's the freedom of this. And the freedom of, of this kind of talks about where I come from, too, with Exodus, where I, it doesn't matter. I don't, I'm not abided to anything. Like, I don't have to continue on this, oh, well, I'm the fucking heaviest band in the world, and we've never done a ballad. Or like, that doesn't, that, I'm not part of that. I mean, I, I, I never, I'm not bound to any ideas whatsoever. That's why I think the band that we kind of emulate the most, that we would, I would, I would like to emulate the most would be faith no more right because they have they throw in every style that's kind of why where i'm based in i'm based in like that queen um world of of music where it's like i don't you you can get a queen album you get 10 different styles of music in yeah. one record i'd like to be able to do that that'd be great sure. you know what i mean that's kind of what i emulate to be at one point i'm not doing this for well we have to do we have to play heavy because you know our fans are going to want we don't have any fans. I don't fucking have any fans. Like, yeah. like I'm only trying to please myself. That's it. That's yeah. we're just trying to, you know. And and I think that goes with the band. And Daryl is a, a part of that too. He's like, yeah, man. Like, fuck. Like the hip hop crowd ain't gonna like this. Yeah. You know, well, whatever. Who cares? I yeah, live once. Yeah, you have a healthy attitude. You know, doing yeah. it for your your own enjoyment, which I think yeah. is, is the the best uh, attitude to have. Having said that, if if it, if there ever was an opportunity, I know right now your focus is Generation Kill, working with DMC, but if if an opportunity presented itself to you from a straight-out thrash band or or, or straight-ahead metal band, is it something you would, would consider doing again? Is it something you envision yourself re- doing a straight-up metal or thrash record at any point in the future? Maybe I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, never say never type of thing. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's not like I don't like this shit. I mean, I do. I mean, I, you know, it's just not all of me, right? You know what I mean? I think that's kind of what I think. You know, from what I've observed in the world, metalheads are metalheads, and that's all they like. They don't like anything else. And if it has rap in it, they fucking hate it. And if it has fucking punk in it. They might like it a little bit, but not really, mm-hmm. you know, but they only like the hard punk, like, you know, fucking, you know, DRI and, you know, the, the crossover. So they don't, ah, I don't fucking like the clash and I don't like fucking, you know what I mean? They don't like, yeah. you know, they would never listen to the early police, which was pretty much punk rock, right. you know? And so, so, I mean, you know, I, I don't, that's from what I've observed. Now, I'm, am I saying across the board? No, I'm generalizing. I'm saying for the most part, you know, uh, from what I've observed, but I'm not, you know, the norm is is probably not that's probably not the case in everybody i mean a lot of people listen to a lot of different shit i mean you know i mean look even on our dvd you talk to the excess guys they admitted oh yeah in the 80s i couldn't tell anybody but i liked warren d martini but in the 80s i couldn't tell anybody that you know i thought he was a great guitar player and i liked the music but i wouldn't have told anyone that then but now i'm a little older so i can do that i'm you know okay you know that's kind of i think what for the most part that's most people you know um but there are you know, I remember playing a show. We were we were on tour. Generation Kill was in Europe, and we were playing. And um, my friend was, uh, you know, or was at the bar listening to the. There's like these. They had the patches on their vests, and they were fucking sitting there and they're going, "Oh, Generation Kill is terrible. They're terrible. I like his work with Exodus much better." And uh, 
but we did a cover of uh, Disposable Heroes by Metallica. Right. And they came running in as we started the song and ran up right to the front. We're headbanging, and, and he thought that that was, that's really, that's okay. Like, you're just so closed off to anything new. It's like like the old school metalheads hating Slipknot. Like, yeah. why yeah. would you hate They're fucking heavy as fuck. Like, yeah. oh, but I get it. It's new. You know, and, I and think is that is that is that metal or is that just us as people? Like it's so hard to accept stuff for for not for everyone, but for a lot of people. Whether it's politics, movies, yeah. TV shows. I mean, I have people tell me, you know, oh, TV used to be so much better. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? TV's TV was down. terrible in the yeah. '80s. It was it's, horrible. It's great. It's we had like great. six stations, and yeah. that was it. Yeah, uh, I'd rather read a book. So is there part yeah. of just just a lot of people in general it's that people just can't, in general. can't accept they, you know, new things? You know? Yeah, they don't you know, look. Uh, like okay, I I I I I'm like like I said, I like all types of music, right? Yeah. It wasn't about like there are certain songs that when they come on, man, it's just like wow. I okay, I'll tell you for instance when when uh, they played Turbo Lover last night. Yeah. Right now, now most people hate. That album, like, terrible. like, oh, that song with that album was terrible, dude. How awesome was that song last night? And I turned around, the place was going nuts. They were yeah. fucking going crazy. Yeah. But that, it's, it's like when, it's like when people say, oh, I, I can't stand fucking Enter Sandman. Yeah, dude, they play that song and people fucking lose their minds. I was there, I watched it. Yeah, people who probably walk around going, oh, that song's played out, it sucks. Yeah, you see it live, it's completely different. I like Turbo Lover. I like that album. Yeah. I like that song. When I played that song last night, I knew every word. I'm like, how the fuck do I know? Oh, yeah, because I listened to that a million times when it came out. Right. Now, that song brings me to a time in my life. It's not, I don't know if the song is so great, but I know where I was the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the time in my life. I remember driving. I remember the car I was listening to. I had a 70 Le Mans SS with a big block in it, and it was a big Holly fucking four barrel sitting out of the hood and fucking just open pipes and 50s on the back and fucking driving around like an asshole and just you know burning i remember that's the album i was listening to and that's the time it's not about it's the day it's the time that that song brings you to that's why bonded by blood has so much power to it the album is that the songs are great but it's a it's a space and time that they that that that's what brings you to it you know what I mean? And I get it. I get that for people. And I get that I would never be embraced by certain parts of the community because I'm the new guy. Yeah. Oh, he's new metal. He's new metal. I've never listened to new metal. My, I remember reading an article. Oh, he's, he's fucking hardcore. I don't yeah. listen to hardcore. Like, <laughs> like the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. I, I'm not, I was never in a hardcore band. I right. don't even listen to it. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. But because I had started losing my hair and I shaved my head in, in, the, in the grace of not being a guy with long hair and a bald spot. Yeah. I look like a hardcore guy and they just put their, that's the, the little thing I'm talking about where they have part of the information. They don't have all of it. Yeah, they're they making all their, jump uh, to conclusions, they're, yeah, yeah, they're making all their assumptions and all their, it's all on a, you know, on based on something they know very little about. Yeah. And that's the thing where I take it like a grain of salt. Like, like who cares what any, some guy on a blog says about me. It doesn't matter because who the fuck are you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like really you have, you're going to have an impact on my life because of what, because you know, this little thing about me. And that's, that sums up all of me (laughs) because you know, I shaved my head. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and you don't even know why I shaved my head. Oh, he's a hardcore guy. No, he is not. He shaved his head because he doesn't want to look like a fucking idiot. Right. You know, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a bald guy with long hair. That's not a good look. (laughs) Right. Right. If you're okay with that look, I'm fine with that. I don't fucking go on bald guy with long hair websites and talk <laughs> shit in the comment section about yeah. how much of a douchebag you are. Right. I don't know why you have long hair in a bald spot. Maybe you're okay with it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, I can't see my bald spot. Like my, if I grew my hair long, I don't see it. Yeah. Until there's a photo. Right. And that's what I saw. I saw a photo one day and I went, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I'm shaving my head. I'm right. going out with grace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right on. So, you know. Cool. The world is the world is too you know we this life is is too short to to um to really give a fuck about what anybody thinks about me because I know who I am I know me I know what kind of person I am I know what kind of family I come from and I know who my friends are and you know and and and, and honestly man I I'm saddened by the way all that went down it yeah. was it makes me sad to think about it I try not to think about it 
I try to just avoid it. And when they come through town, I don't care. I don't, you know, um, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think any ill will of them. I'm not going to talk shit about each in, 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 individual member. Um, you know, they are who they are. If they can sleep at night with the, with the actions, their actions, then that's fine. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that's the way they want to be, then that's cool. I'm not going to begrudge them that. I'm not going to not going to take anything away from the people that have walked away from me out of my life over over these over the things that have have gone on in the last year and a half. And um I've had a couple people walk away and you know these people were you know I thought they were they were different people and they changed o- overnight. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know all I can say is you're fucking lost, man, cuz I know who I am and and, and you know, it's all good. Right on, right on. And again, Generation Kill, new material on the way. Guys, I have heard some of it, uh, and it's uh, excellent stuff. So we're looking forward to that in spring, early summer. And if you need a sneak peek, we're going to listen to Lot Lizard right now. And also, you can go buy this track. This is one of the... It's actually the only song, right? That's on. It's iTunes. the only song we yeah. put out so far. What about yeah. "Fired Up"? That's it. Was that? That's going that... on his solo record. Okay, that's okay, like so... he did a record with. Um, like, there's like a bunch of people on it. Like Mick Mars is on it, and Kid Rock, and okay. like Billy Joe from Armstrong from Green Day, and a bunch of other shit. There's like a ton of songs on it. He's he. That's so. That's what we wrote for that album. I got that you. song. That song okay. we're gonna put on there. Right. So, Any idea when that comes out? No, I. No. He said to me February, but I'm not sure he really knew. Okay. I'm not sure if it was done yet or where he was at. Cool. Well, anyways, this is Lot Lizard. This is Generation Kill and DMC and Bumblefoot on this track, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. definitely uh, check it out, guys. Go buy it on on iTunes in its entirety. And Rob, thanks for joining us. Thank you, you got buddy. a flight back yeah. right soon, right? Yeah, I'll leave you a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, again, thanks for uh, joining us here on Thank Talking you. Metal, and look forward to seeing you perform live with Daryl McDaniel's at Dingbats and Generation Kill is the band, and the date is the twenty eighth, right? Twenty eighth of November, yeah. what, like ten o'clock or something. Or yeah, I think we're probably going around then. Yeah, okay. I don't try to play too late. Right. Cool. All right. I'm old. Good stuff. All right. All right. <laughs> Cause she's the queen of the truck stop. In the face, like the holes in the socks. A jailhouse tramp stamp and drag marks on a box. I met a lot lizard down on Route 66. I know it ain't my business, but she's someone's little sis. The life she is living, it is hard as it gets. She never gets a break, she always gets and lots of shit. She's just like a mama getting pimped by a pop. She spends all the time working out of all the truck stops. Cock-a-doodle-doo with a mouth full of cock. Her life really sucks, so the sucking never stops.
stopped queen and now she is dead Death came upon the scene screaming off with her head She's fucking truck drivers in the back of the truck Sucking off the bus drivers in the back of the bus She came from Ohio, used to be a good girl If you know what I mean